0: Today I'm joined by James McCann. James is the CEO of Clear Story and Everhaze. Um, James was in the Army for just over three and a half years? Yeah, three and a half, four years overall, yeah. yeah. And do you miss it now that <sighs> you've been out so long? I do, do you know, Um, like,
1: uh, we're still in the WhatsApp group with the original platoon, yeah. uh, recruit platoon, you know, yeah. uh, some of the lads and still swapping stories, you know, from way back when, <laughs> you know, we're all still very, uh, uh, very poignant
0: about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where I suppose what first prompted you to join the defence forces.
1: Yeah, like I, I suppose my, my granddad of the same name uh was in the, the Defence Forces during the emergency, uh oh, okay. nineteen forty to forty five and like, I I'd known that and whatnot, but uh, I'd say when I was about kind of eleven or twelve, um I started taking an interest in kind of like military history, you know, your World War Two's and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh I just seen the army as a as a career I just really wanted to do. Yeah. And um, you know obviously you have your career guidance you know when you're kind of 13 and 14 and onwards you know and I just go in cuz we, we had the, the the 21st battalion um for the the reserves um or for the for the FCI at the time um uh, in the Coast Guard station down Dunleary, you know, oh, okay. and uh, they used to always kind of put the leaflets into the career guidance counsellor. So I'd just go in and I'd be like, just give me the leaflet. Do you know, he are <laughs> trying to convince me to, you know, oh, you should do this. You do. He actually wasn't too bad. He told me I should go do business, you know. Oh, really? But I was like, just give me the leaflet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that went on for years. And then when I was, uh, when I was 17, Actually, before that, I think I was like 16 and a half, you know, and I went down to yeah. Uh, yeah. to sign up and they're like, you know, you have to be you have to be 17 by, by the time we accept your application. So uh, that was that. <coughs> and um, when uh, I suppose I ended up having to go back and repeat my leave-insert because I was, I was go- going for a cadetship, you know? Yeah. And uh, when I when I say repeat my leave like I got like 265 points, you know? Okay. No, no, none of the minimum requirements for the cadetship or anything. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'll go back and repeat, you know, I'll see how I go. Uh, so I stayed on the, the reserves for another year, for, for a year, I suppose, Total, and then um, uh, when I did repeat my leave and certs, cert I got two hundred and seventy points or something like that, another another five points more. Yeah, still didn't get them in on requirements, do you know? Okay. Um, and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go in general enlistment. Uh, so I did, and um,
0: yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and yeah. do you remember were you trained? Yeah,
1: yeah. So um <coughs> I suppose first day I suppose uh, I went into McKee Barracks um you know for for the assembly um got briefed up and then we are up on a bus and went up to Gormanstown, okay. Um and there was 40 of us that started um and broken into four sections. Uh I I'd, I'd say we were trained like uh, I, I feels like it was 8 months, Do you yeah. know. Um I think we started off in I think we started off in August. Uh and we finished in, like, April or May, okay. do you know? So, so it was yeah. a long, long kind of stretch. You had the Christmas in between that probably, you know, I think you got a week for Christmas oh, or whatever. Okay. Uh, but we done we done seven or eight months, and obviously two-star training and then three-star. And um, I think by the time we finished out of the 40, there were 16 left, oh. do you know? So yeah. with a good rate of attrition. But it was, uh, like, I, I, for me, it was a, a very, you know, like you're 18 years of age, right? And yeah. like I, th- I think we were talking before this, like I left when I was 21, I think. Right. So, like, do you know, I'm out of the I'm 36 now, so I'm out of the yeah. out of like 15 years. Do you yeah. know, like, long and, long I, and I say I'm out of the army, you know, as I was kind of a, a career soldier, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I'd done four years. Um, but I done it when I when most people were going into university, you know, yeah. and um, it became a very, you know, uh, life shaping uh, exercise for me because yeah, it's the first time you're doing something for yourself and by, your, by yourself, do you yeah. know? And it's uh, emotionally testing, it's physically testing, it's, it's mentally testing. Um, and I think y- you can take an awful lot from that then as you go into, you know, civilian life and, and beyond, um, you know, family life even in, in, in many cases. And yeah. Um, yeah, i like incredibly grateful for the experience.
0: Yeah, what was the what was training like for you back then in Sound? Yeah,
1: I, I like I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, uh, recruit training is formative, right? They, yeah. they try to break you down and build you back up again. Definitely, um, yeah. you <laughs> know, get you out of bad habits. Um, we had some great characters, do you know, yeah. in in the in the recruit platoon, and they came from all over Ireland, do you know? Um, even though we, we were going into the fifth battalion, um, you know, in, in McKee, uh you know, we, we'd lads from, from Tyrone, we, we'd lads from Cork, we lads from Galway, you know, different parts of Dublin. Um, you Know really interesting backgrounds, you know, g- gas characters. You know, we had, had a one fella we called him the tank flipper, you know, he lasted six weeks, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and there's all of that kind of um, you know, a- again, like my mom actually. This is a funny story, um, when I was joining, I got the the the, the, the date to kind of turn up at McGee and uh, got it in the post. And my mom the same day had told me that she was going off to Thailand for six months, you know, she was like 62 or something, You know. Okay. she rented out the house, kicking <laughs> out, Do you know, So ah, well, you're, you're not going to be here. So she yeah. went out the house and uh, so like I couldn't quit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I was homeless uh, yeah. for the six months Jeez. and uh, it, it was uh, it was great. You know, um, I suppose training wise, um, you know, like, uh, big kind of things obviously you know you go down to the Glen for the first time for your 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 two weeks mm-hmm. um uh, before the conclusion of your your two star mm-hmm. um but like for me the the it was it was the the last kind of exercise now um at the end of three star you know kind of end up climbing Lugnaquilla. and yeah, cool. do you know that like um i had a buddy at the time uh, again i won't use names but yeah. uh, he's still in actually i think um uh, he's up in he's up in Finner. um but uh you, you know kind of before something serious happens the the the, the army chaplain comes in gives you a talk yeah. do you know <laughs> and <laughs> uh, songs, yeah. you know he, he comes in and um he he hands us all out yorkies you yeah. know okay. and he tells us he's like look uh y- y- you don't need to eat the yorkie now don't eat the yorkie now you'll know <laughs> when to eat the yorkie right and i'm sitting there down the back on oh, Fuck you mean the yorkie right? <laughs> <laughs> so, go off and eat the yorkie you know and um uh, the exercise kicks off, and anyways, and and we were on the ground for maybe 24 hours at this stage already, and kind of a couple yeah. of route marches up and down different mountains whatnot. and whatnot. Uh, we 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 camped to, to, to some forest and uh, it was lashing rain right, a complete like washout, and uh, we were sleeping in puddles. you know? We'd, like puddles like pools of water in yeah, the forest. Yeah. you know? I remember one of the lads, um, you know, he was kind of had his mat down, but he was like literally in a pool of water. You know, with the officers <laughs> going around. Um, what are you doing in the in the water? You know, get get yourself out of the water. It's all right, sir. Uh, uh, the water's warm now. <laughs> I don't want to move. It's gone. <laughs> do you know? Uh, so he um, it, like we were. Giving a shout to, to, to come down and kind of get equipment for the for the march, and I was given the GPMG, you know, oh, and I was like oh Christ, you lovely. know, I don't know what I've done, but anyways, and uh, you know, giving it to pack up and whatnot, and, and off we went, and like. The plan was pretty straightforward, you know, go up kind of, you know, whatever route, uh, side of Loke uh, contour around into some village, put in the attack, then you're onto the back of, back of the trucks, and then that's it. That's yeah, training over, you're, you're done with dust. It's a so weird like, oh, that's grand, you know. Yeah. So uh, we start off and get to the, 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 the foot of the, the slope, and it's still lashing rain, there's mist. Uh, the mud is sliding down the mountain uh you know, we're all in single file. some of the lads didn't bring their rain gear uh you know, so we, we we're we're going up and like I'm slipping like every three steps yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hitting the deck and the 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 has gone down and i'm I'm picking it back up and i'm I'm going off again, and you know like it was it was just horrible, right and uh I see everyone taking out their Yorkies, do you know? <laughs> And I'm like, where's my New Yorkie? You know, yeah. like I, really, I really needed it at this <laughs> stage, you know. And uh, this is obviously the moment the priest yeah. had been talking about. And uh, I remember, like, we were maybe an hour into the trudge at this stage and my shins were in bits. I belted them off rocks and everything. Hmm. And, uh, you know, my, my buddy who's just ahead of me turns around. He goes, McCann, do you want a piece of Yorkie? <laughs> I was like, holy oh God, you <laughs> yeah. know. So uh, th- that was that, that was a, uh, a good old trip. and I, the uh, like that exercise like was was mad, you know, So like we couldn't stop some of the lads were coming down with hypothermia, so I had to keep yeah, moving, keep moving yeah. the, the, the officer got us lost, you know, <laughs> uh, so there, were, there was almost a mutiny on the, uh, the, the two recce trained NCOs kind of intervened to get us down, and do you know, but it was just a wild, wild uh, um, time, you know, but, uh you know, great experiences overall. And like, I think with recruit training, <coughs> um you never know what to expect. And obviously, they're keeping you unbalanced all of the time. And that's what civilian life is you know and and life in general is uh, very unbalanced things come at you at unexpected times and you know people come and go and you know things are being you know roared at you (laughs) you know and all the rest of it and um as i say as a formative experience i don't think you get anything better than recruit training
0: you know definitely and it has to be i suppose robust for certain reasons yeah absolutely yeah
1: yeah well look you know we, we we were told that uh you know, like when you go into a, a very real situation overseas or, or yeah. whatever, you have to be conditioned in a certain way so that you don't run away, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, these are dangerous situations, dangerous people, you, you know, yeah. um, and you need to be conditioned in a certain way that you can you can face up to that and and uh, you know be able to rely on your your colleagues and your yeah, your uh, your buddies and and so forth and so on and. and um, you know, it's a that's that's a lesson I took into into adult life and business life as well. And, you
0: yeah. know, no, no one really makes true crew training if they can't be relied on, right? Like that's one thing I noticed. It's
1: very very true, you know, and, and like we all have stories of you know, you know, one or two heads where like a, a literal danger, you know, to yeah. themselves and and their their, their bodies. Um, but there are also those that um, they're may fainters. You know, yeah. and and a Mayfainer never makes it in the army um, because yeah. uh, too much is expected of you. Uh, and like in civilian life, you can be a Mayfainer. You might not be liked or maybe you're adored, you know, <laughs> like, who, who knows? But, um, you know, again, it, it's one of those things you, you see in terms of like the, the formation of a team and yeah. um, the, the formation of values. Um, uh, you know, it, it's 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 not something that uh, is conducive to army life at all, you know. Yeah, definitely.
0: And you're out, you you finished your training then, you're into the 5th Battalion then? Mm. Was, yeah. How was life yeah. in the 5th Battalion?
1: I really enjoyed it. I lived in for a couple of months um, yeah. initially uh, because my mum was still in <laughs> 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 She She's at the house, rented out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, we, we moved, I think the first house we got out, it was in Castle Noc, Um moved in with two army lads. And uh, that was a great experience, um, you know. Just because, again, you you know you're you're in your early twenties, you know, very yeah. young, um, and uh, you know the, the the battalion itself, battalion life. You know, look, it, it was it was a mix. I'm not going to say it was it was, it was, great, yeah, it was great, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, like there there was weeks where loads would happen. You know, and, and you'd be doing different exercises and, you know, rappelling down buildings and, you know, heading out to Baldonnell to to, to, to jump on helicopters to go up to the Wicklow Mountains. You know, yeah. there was all that kind of stuff. And there was other weeks where you were cleaning the lino of, of you know, floors yeah. that were 60 years old. And, you know, you're wondering what <laughs> am See I doing with my life, you know? Um, but like, you know, th- that's kind of part of, of um, uh, that is part of the, the, the overall, I think, you know that's what you sign up for you know yeah, definitely. um it's a maintaining of fitness it's a maintaining of discipline it's a maintaining of standards yeah um and you have to take you have to take that uh, as part of the everyday life um but i, I enjoyed my time in the battalion um you know, until until obviously I left. Yeah. You know,
0: how did the family feel about you like deciding to join the, the army? Yeah, my
1: my mum was very worried about it uh, yeah. initially. Um, she, you know, like uh, she would have kind of heard stories from her d- dad about the the. Uh, the culture at the time, yeah. you know, during the emergency, and he didn't like taking orders when he left, you know. And <laughs> yeah. in the, uh, I think he left him in 1945 after kind of the discharge. He yeah. became a painter and decorator, and he became self-employed, yeah. you know. So um, he, th- th- there's something in it, uh, but you know, he he had his he has his emergent. Well, he's brown bread now, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> obviously. Um, but you know, we still have his emergency medals, and okay, his yeah, uh, and he was very proud of the time that he served, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but my mom, uh, you know, kind of took that, you know, her dad's experience and was like, oh, this is going to happen to you. And, Don't yeah. let like this happening to you, And you know. Um, but uh, again, you know, I did a great experience. Yeah,
0: I remember getting my letter to join. Yeah. And um my mom actually got the post because it came in the post, Income didn't come by email yeah. um, back then, uh, well, not back then, 2008, right? So not that long ago. And yeah. um, my mom actually hid my letter is that right? for like two days. And I was like, "Where's the letter? I Should be here today. Yeah. Like, what's going on?" And it wasn't like I was only seventeen at the time. And yeah. She was like panicking. Um, Mammies are always worried, yeah. you know. But uh, the dads,
1: they think of the pension. Yeah, <laughs> that's you
0: know? right, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a great job. Yeah, great yeah. pension. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, uh, of
1: course, the pension when I, when when you signed up, just I think after I signed up, it was totally changed to you know, yeah. the twenty one rule. I think that's that, that was gone by the time I was. I yeah. Was joining.
0: So I think uh, when I was in, I think you had to do twenty one years, and yeah. then you could collect at uh, f- the age of fifty four, yeah. or you could do thirty one years and collect it. The day uh, you leave after yeah. 31, but uh, it used to be just on 21 years, and then that's you could sorry, leave um, yeah, exactly. and collect and you your, pension your pension yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, that was gone by the time I joined as well. Yeah, yeah. But with the dad was like, you know, because my, my dad was a um, a printer with the Irish Times for like 30 oh, odd it. years, you know. Yeah. And obsessed with pensions, do you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I told him I was like, oh, I'm joining the army. It's a good pensionable job, so yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll be in that one now for like that's great. And I told him I was leaving. He's like, what are you doing that for? Do you know, and <laughs> like that's just kind of you know, culture at the time, you know. Yeah. And, and his, his, his dad actually uh, was with the British Army, and my, my gra- great granddad was with the British Army on, on my dad's side, okay. you know. And um, but uh, you know, it was all about the pension, you know. And, yeah. and that, that actually came from my great granddad, um, yeah. who uh, he joined the British Army during World War One, you know, Dungalipoli, and all that kind of stuff. But he came out with a disability pension and looked after him for the rest, for, like the rest of his years. Okay, told that to the son. The son joined up in World War Two in Italy, uh, you know, kind of campaign around um, Monte Cassino and all that jazz. And uh, sent crack with the pension, yeah. went to the dad. You know, there was no war on, so, you know, you had to get a, a a pretty steady job. But yeah, like, yeah, pension was a big thing.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you say that as well about your granddad, was it, that became self-employed? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people, like, I know when I left, like, I just did not like being told what to do once I left. Do you know what? It's, 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 it's a real,
1: like, I was 21, right, when, yeah. I, when I left. And I remember one of the jobs I got kind of soon afterwards was with a, an, an insurance company. I won't name the name. And I remember getting a phone call from a, a broker one time, you know, and he was giving out, you know, yeah. that, about something. And something just kind of, Tweet them, oh, I don't need to take this anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. and I start pulling them the other way, you know, yeah. like, you know, and uh, I, they ended up putting me on three call handling courses after that. <laughs> 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 <That's more laughs> like you can't do that, you yeah. know, I was like, oh, right, yeah, sorry, I didn't realise, you know, yeah. uh, you kind of feel, you know, you can, you can answer back now. <laughs> not, so yeah. not, not so easy.
0: I think even when I was in, though, I think it was very hard for like people to like manage me. Um, but then even mm. when I left then I think I became absolute nightmare to manage, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so I had to start my own business. <laughs> it's,
1: it's true, uh, I think you, you do go through this, um, you know, because like army life, uh, you know, you can have one NCO on one ear, another in the other, telling yeah. you two different things, you know, uh, like moving your head up and down, you know, uh, and it's 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 obviously not a natural environment, do you know. No, that no. doesn't hap- happen mostly on CV Street. You know, yeah, you'd expect no, that it wouldn't happen, uh, but it's part of that conditioning, you know, yeah. of of trying to get you used to to, to pressure and, and and kind of different environments and stuff. Um, uh, but when when you do go out into CV Street, then you know you, you, there's this adjustment that it's like I don't need to take that stuff anymore. Do you know, that's yeah. nonsense. Do you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. somebody's rude, and you're like, well, I can be rude too. Do yeah. you know, you, yeah. you? Yeah.
0: Or there's, there's like, I'm of the opinion like there's absolutely no need to read. We can sort this out. with are chatting away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. 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 Some, some people. That's why I done the
1: call handling courses.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it anymore? Hit <laughs> that in the bud. Yeah. But um. So you're in now. You you're you done three and a half years. Yeah. Um, and you decided to leave. What was, the, what was the main driving factor for you leaving? Like, what?
1: It, it's a really good question. And, you know, I was one of the first out of the 16 yeah. that, that did go, go into the battalion uh, to leave. Um, and uh, like, I'd say my doubts crept in after about six months in the battalion itself. Okay. Um, I'd applied for, for, for the cadetship for the third time. Yeah. Um, I came very close that on that occasion, to be yeah. fair. Um, and, uh, you know, it, like in the back of my mind, I was kind of saying, geez, well, like could I do another two years of this, do you yeah. know? Um, but it, it was something that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't have to leave insert right? Okay. And I was still about three years away from being a mature student. So even if I could qualify, yeah. do you know what I mean? It just, you know, uh, it, w- it wasn't going to happen to me. Um, in the meantime, I was applying for courses, right? Yeah. And I was applying for overseas missions. And like, do you know, <sighs> Uh, maybe the, 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 this, I don't know if it's linked to the retention crisis or, you know, uh, whatever it might have been, but you couldn't get a course, right? Yeah. It, when, it, when, like, 2006, you know, I'd, I'd apply for Irish courses, Arabic courses, you know, GPMG courses, whatever it was, anything that was going, yeah. And, yeah, you're going to have to wait, you're going to have to wait. And the contract was like, you know, like, you, you need to do three courses in an overseas mission. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, give me all the courses, do you know? And I, I was—I was being told that I might have to wait a year and a half in the battalion yeah. to do a course, right, or to 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 even be considered. And there was very few overseas missions at the time as well. And you're young, right? Yeah. And you're you're just out of recruit training, and you're like, I need to get on. And all this was the unique phenomena that was happening around me. You know, kind of during that period, the boom period. Everyone else is going off getting degrees, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I had friends that you know were, you know, becoming engineers, scientists. You know, all the rest of it, they, they were coming out with good jobs and all the rest of it. Okay. And I wanted the career in the Army, but I wanted to move quick. Yeah. And it wasn't happening. Because you can't skip the queue, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I'd go into, to you know, company commander, or even, you know, when I was leaving, the battalion commander was asking me, like, well, what can we do for you? And I was like, well, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I can do, he goes, I can do this course for you, I can do that for you, I can do this. And I was like, that all means me skipping the queue. Yeah. And if I skip the queue, the lads won't like it. Yeah. You can't be that fella. You can't skip no. the queue. Um, so that was kind of, and I'm just being honest about it. That was that was my realisation at the time that uh, I wanted to move quick. I didn't think I was going to be able to move.
0: Yeah, quick. Do you that, know, that was a big problem because I worked in ops, right? So yeah. we worked in like ops and training. And that's yeah. where like the courses would have came in from brigade. We would advertise them and then yeah. took in the applications and sent them back. Then yeah. if you got it, and it always that was a problem that I've seen in the army. Was like you know it was always based on seniority. Yeah. It was never, um, it, it was. it's not a meritocracy, essentially. Now, yeah. I think they're making changes in terms of like becoming a sergeant and yeah, things like that. Like yeah, there's yeah, yeah, points yeah. that you have to get and do certain courses, yeah, 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 and you have to yeah. interview. Yeah. But I suppose for the young guy coming in, it, you know, you just have to wait in the queue and um, you're probably waiting for five years. Uh, and,
1: and like, you know, like we might as well talk about this because it is true sure. and it's quite topical. Um, the lads that stayed went off and done night courses, right? Yeah. A few years after I left, uh, I was in Dublin Business School, I was doing a degree, mature student, and I bumped into uh, an old buddy in, in, in recruit training um, who was finishing off a law degree, right? Yeah. And he went on, he did a master's then in, in marketing and, and business and, and something like that, right? There was another one who has another master's in HR and he was working in the battalion in in in, um, in, in HQ. And, you know, in some cases, these lads were better uh, qualified than the officers. Uh, yeah. In some cases, you know, better aptitude as well. Yeah. Um, and the NCOs, I have to say, were brilliant. You know, the the training NCOs that I had, you trusted them with anything. Do you know? I yeah. genuinely know, like without fail, all the training NCOs that I had, and actually one of them was a client of mine for a while. I oh, okay. uh, swear okay. to God, yeah, yeah, only last year. Uh, it was a great pleasure. And um, he set up his own business as well. Right. And, you know, they were just they were just fantastic. Some of them have been commissioned uh, through through oh, the okay. ranks, yeah, and you have to say that's the best way to go about it. Do you know? Yeah. Um, the capacity for the army to like, it, and 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 we're talking about a modern context here, yeah, where you can do a degree uh, or a course outside of the army. Do yeah. you know? Um. Yeah, and, and, you know, th- there's a culture there, obviously, of people just doing that anyway. Yeah, definitely. You have to recognise that. You have to recognise that there's opportunities for everybody in civilian life, should they choose to go for it. Yeah. And you need to make sure that the army culture is training and development oriented. You shouldn't have to wait your turn shouldn't have to wait two years for, a, you know, to, to learn a foreign language course when it's in the army's interest that you have it.
0: Do, yeah. do you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it, that was definitely the route I took. So I, I think I was seventy and I joined. I think I was 20 and I was on a boxing competition with guys that were doing the law degree yeah. at night time. And I was like, oh, I definitely wanted to get yeah. educated because I actually left school to join the army. So yeah. I, I left in January. I was meant yeah. to sit and leave and start in June, I think. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually left the army just and joined. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, left school and joined the army. And then when I was 20, then I was like, yeah, I definitely do something like that. So got the finances together and went to Dublin Business School, wrote a letter and got in as a mature student. But then I went for, I done the law degree and then I got to go to I.T. Carlow then do the business degree. Um, But then I still couldn't get the cadetship because I didn't have the leaving cert. Right. So that was like, that's like a major, yeah, I didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, anyway. It was the
1: one thing that I couldn't get, right, Um, leadership is not academic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not, right, it's a fluid concept, uh, you know, based on experience, aptitude, values, values are a huge part of it, right, and, you know, okay, I didn't, do, I didn't do well in the Leaving Cert, God love me, right? <laughs> um, and I could have waited a few years and c- scrubbed the floors, you know, until it was my turn. Yeah. But what would I be doing? Do you know? Yeah. Like the world has changed. It's not like my dad's generation, my granddad's generation, my great granddad's generation. Yeah. We don't have to wait. that? Def- do you, yeah. you don't have to wait anymore. No. Um. you can get the opportunity for education. You can get the opportunity for experience. You can get all that opportunity. You know, it, like, economies in full employment, do you know? Yeah. And it, it's a real bugbear bear in mind because, you know, the guys that have stayed, um, you know, some of them are doing amazing things yeah, in the They genuinely yeah. are. Um, and the guys that have left, mostly, mostly left due to frustration, career frustration, yeah. do you know? And amazing talent. And like, here's the gas thing about it, right? Recruit training. You're a recruiter, yeah. Recruit training is the longest job interview you'll ever do in your life, yeah. True, and it's true, the yeah. hardest job interview you'll ever do in your life, yeah. right? You are testing every possible way for as long as possible, yeah. and when you decide to leave, that's a massive, massive decision. That does not come lightly. When I was deciding to leave, uh, I thought about everything that I'd gone through in the, 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 the years previous, yeah. you know, and and it becomes such a core part of your identity, even that young, yeah. you know, as a teenager, early 20s. psychological um, contract. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. the first thing you've ever done. How am I going to do in civil life? You know, uh, what's the world really like? <laughs> do you know, I haven't got a leave and cert, yeah. you know? Uh, I haven't got a degree. It's incredibly scary, right? Yeah. Um, And the first, like, you know, if, if, a, if there's a hard decision getting into the army, just as hard getting out and then it's just as hard staying out, right? Because yeah. you know, I went into the reserves after I, I left the fifth and I'd done that for a year just to make sure that I was like, am I going to be all right here? You might be able to re- reverse course. Yeah. But I did. I did find that, uh, you, you know, from, from a retention perspective, it's often not taken into account, you know, how like it must be bad yeah. if people are just saying, oh, I'm done, because yeah. such, it's such a core part of who you are. Yeah. And what you've done,
0: definitely. You know, I, I actually, I actually left right, yeah. and then I think I had like four weeks leave or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. started the job, and uh I was like going. In. I think I was doing okay in well. I wasn't mm. doing great. Yeah. I was still in a trainee kind of phase, and it was a really good company. Right, I probably should have stayed, yeah. but I panicked. And the day before, two days, I think, before the leave was like yeah. due to the end. I rang the, rang the, rang the, rang the office I was like, oh, Can I come back, please? Um And I ended up going back, staying for a little yeah. while. And I was like, mm, oh, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have left. You know. Yeah. Oh, I should not have went back. I, I should have stayed out. You know, I was in a really yeah, good company, yeah. and then I left again, yeah. and then now here we are. Do you know what
1: the gas thing was? And when I left, you weren't allowed back in.
0: Yeah. Right. The
1: like, if you walked out the gate, you're done. You were done. Right. And you had to start recruit training again if you wanted back in. You had to start from like, how daft is that? Yeah. As a obviously the the, the policies change now and all the rest of it, but you know, <laughs> like. It, it, it was this kind of th- it, it, it's an arrogance I felt yeah. in terms of, well, if you walk out that gate, you're going to want to come back, you know, or and, and you're going to have to get back in the queue, yeah. you know, like madness. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's changing now, right? And and, and this isn't a slate, you know, I, I yeah. genuinely have, I like I, I love the Defence Forces. I yeah. genuinely do. Um, I've, I've got friends, family. Uh, you know, but there are just these issues that you're just like lads come on, yeah. so antiquated you know yeah um and uh yeah like I think for, for 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 a cultural shift in the retention era, I think they just have to wake up to the fact that it's a different world
0: yeah. do you know they, they have, I know during COVID they brought in, like, you can go back now. Yeah. Um, but you can't do anything. I think it's cor- career courses or overseas yeah. or yeah. promotional course for three years. Yeah. Um I actually considered going back <laughs> again because yeah, yeah, um, I was like, do I start my own business yeah. now? Like I was panicking because like, yeah. of COVID. It actually turned out to be the best time to start. But um, I was like, oh, do I go back? Do I not go back? What do I do? Yeah. Um, but I think, like, the whole three year thing, like, before you get promoted again or before you can do another course is kind of is wrong. Now, I, I've heard stories that that's actually not what's happening. Yeah. Um, in theory, but like if there was someone ahead of yeah. you, that you know. I, I'll give you a story,
1: them. and this this is just. Uh, and again, we're talking seventeen years ago. Yeah. Right? yeah. As, as a cultural thing, right? So when I was leaving, my big bo- bugbear was, I'm, I'm not hanging around. Do you know? Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm not. You know. I, I, like it's not that I'm. I'm special that I don't need to wait. Of course, I've no problem with the queue if that's the culture. Yeah. But I'm not waiting in it. Do you know? Yeah. And that was my kind of. There was too much happening elsewhere. When I handed my discharge, I talked to the the, the company commander. I said, you know, done all the the, the formal bits and bobs. And I was like, good luck. Right. And um, uh, I then had to to, like the the battalion commander obviously wanted to pick my brain as to why it was happening. I was only in the battalion, as you would. Yeah. So he brought me in and we had the chat and, you know, he offered me X, Y and Z and I was like, no, uh, can't skip the queue. I I I think I was in it for six weeks later. It's six weeks to to go until I was in it. Yeah. And two weeks before, sorry, it was like I got notification I was going to be put on a course, right? Okay. CBRA course for <laughs> the last two weeks. <laughs> and they beasted me, right? Yeah. And I'm just saying, think about that for a minute, culturally. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they, 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 they wouldn't, they wouldn't give the hungry fella a chance to just get on with it.
0: Yeah.
1: But he didn't skip the queue. I was offered it, didn't skip it. Yeah. And as a point to be like, oh, you want a course, do you? <laughs> there's a course. And a, There's a course two weeks before you go. Yeah. And then the door's shut, and you can't come back. Okay. Just saying from like, you know, th- these were all kind of things. and that, that was 17 years ago now. Of course, yeah. Right? And this, this doesn't fit into the wider narrative that's out there in, in, in the public now. And yeah. You know, that's a whole different ball game. No, but I do feel from a, a tra- like a retention training development perspective, yeah. You can't run an organization like that. You just can't.
0: No. you know? Yeah. I definitely think they're coming on leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah, um, there's yeah. still a lot of work to be done, right? And and I think that's yeah. from all aspects. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. there's a there's a new generation coming up that yeah, I exactly. think will make that cultural shift, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, and they're doing a lot as well to get more females involved as well. So yeah, which is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got some good guests lined up as well. Yeah, cool. um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, look, so you're you're in now, you decide to yeah, leave, yeah. you're out. Yeah, How did yeah. you find then the whole transition then from soldier to civilian?
1: Uh, it was difficult um, yeah. and it was funny at the same time. So the first job I got after I left was in a phone shop right okay. uh, in Bray. Um, and, uh, you know, like basic pay was, you know, kind of similar to, to to what I had in the army and like the, you had commission. Yeah. But it was the first time I'd kind of seen the, the difference in terms of work cultures. Yeah. Um, I'd be up front in, in the store, right? And people would come in, you know, want to buy a phone. Like, oh, yeah, what do you want? Do you know, there you go, sign the contract and, you know, all the rest job, of it and a lot of the other guys would be out the back watching DVDs, right, and kind <laughs> of, you know, taking extended lunches. And over kind of a two, three-month period, you could just see the commission chart, <laughs> Do you know. Yeah, like, I was used to just standing in a post. Do you yeah. know, you just stand there. And, like, that's what you did. You're told to stand there. You stand there. Yeah. Like, and that's what I did. And I, I used to get all the passing in business. So obviously then, culturally then, in the, in the it started kind of creating a bit of, a. Bit of, uh, a bit of trouble, you know, kind of, well, like, you're taking out a commission, you know, this kind of stuff. But that was an interesting experience. Um, and then I went into, you know, the insurance company. And again, you know, yeah. uh, that was totally new. I'd never done admin before. I'd never done, okay. kind of, never worked behind a desk, never kind of done a computer, you know, kind of yeah. course or anything like that. And um, I was familiar with computers, but, yeah. uh, you know, there I was and starting to get phone calls from, you know, brokers and giving out. And, you know as I say I kind of responded in kind uh, not knowing that you can't can't do that yeah and that was a that was a big cultural shift as well um, but one of the things that did stay with me from the army was you know uh, like the whole concept of national service and community service yeah. you know th- I think that's very well enshrined in you yeah, uh, in the, the defence forces yet, you know that, that you, you always kind of go a, a bit above and beyond and you know that kind of thing yeah. and um, uh, you know how, how you like you're working for Uh, 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 an insurance company, it's a very big leap from where your machinations were as a kid, you know, and um, I I, I set up a neighborhood watch, right? (laughs) (laughs) My house got broken into, right? Okay. Uh, Set up a neighborhood watch um, and you Know just kind of got, got sucked into that and um, set up a, a, a like a senior alerts scheme for like pendant alarms for the elderly and all that kind of crap. Yeah, you know? Okay, brilliant. Um, and that brought me into politics. Uh, and then I started kind of getting involved in, in uh, like Fianna Fáil. Um, okay. after the crash, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not <before>. very popular, <laughs> no. not before. No, actually, do you know, I, I think I joined up in like March 2008, okay, which, you know, something like that, you yeah, know? and um. But he stuck it out. Okay, uh, yeah. 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 So, so that was an interesting experience. So, um,
0: how do you first become like a politician or what, a politician? I suppose you're not
1: becoming like you become a member. Do you know. Yeah. And um, I remember uh, a TD knocked on my door. Um, I, God, I shouldn't say this, but it is kind of funny. Like you're, you're, again, you're 21. You don't really know how the world works. I didn't have any po- family in <laughs> politics. You know. Yeah. And uh, I had a TD knock on my door, and I was considering joining the Labour Party at the time. Okay. Right? Yeah. The Labour Party wanted to charge me 15 quid to be a member. Okay. Vianna Fáil was free.
0: Fianna Fáil, there was T-
1: T- Fianna Fáil TD on the door.
0: Yeah, go on, and give it a shot. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah. but like at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that um, uh, that you know the values are similar, right? I was from Sunny Noggin, you know, yeah. to working class area. I fig- figured, you know, Labour would be a a a, a good place for me. And then Fianna Fáil was kind of the party of all. Yeah. And that to me kind of made a lot of sense from like the army uh, as well. Okay, that yeah. um, you know, uh, like, you know, they all kind of uh, slogan, like um, a platoon can only move as fast as slow, slow as man, you know. Yeah. And I kind of felt Fianna Fáil's political philosophy at the time represented that, yeah, uh, right. that, you know, if you look after all elements of society you make it more stronger cohesive and you know yeah. so that was kind of um my my logic um so uh, you know you join as a, as a member as an ordinary member you pay yeah. your fee and you get invited to events and you kind of meet people that way and um you know i really enjoyed it um you know and, and i was meeting people from different backgrounds same way i did in the army yeah, you know yeah, and um it was a uh, uh, really eye-opening experience that way and i took a lot of my Skills from the army, okay. uh, and I brought it to, to politics. So, like, hard work, yeah, like yeah. Your, your ethic, your values, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I became a local election candidate then, uh, not too long afterwards. I think it was like 25 then at that stage. I okay. uh, kind of got selected to, to S- run as a w- candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I, at the same time, I was kind of doing kind of Dublin business school. Yeah. For the education piece and then uh, ran the local elections, lost. Um, okay, yeah. You know, that's resilience. That's just how it is. <laughs> uh, I, I, t- I took redundancy actually to, to, to fund the campaign, you know. Oh. Uh, but again, like, you know, all of these steps, right? Like, a yeah. big decision to leave the army. Yeah, Big, definitely, yeah. big thing of your in- identity becomes a, uh, like it makes it easier. <laughs> Do you yeah, know, definitely, like definitely. when you need to make bigger steps later on in life, you say, well, that was okay there, you know, like, yeah. And, and as I say, you know, recruit training does give you a, a large sense of self-trust. You know, yeah. you build up trust in yourself um in order to to just make decisions. Right. Um, and uh, like all of these different steps in my life, I think, stem from that experience of recruit training. Because, yeah, you know, deciding to put your, your name and face in a leaflet uh, after, you know, two thousand and eight. <laughs> you know, and go knocking on the a door so huge. You know, I remember the first door I I, I knocked on and um guy comes to the door, the lovely house Mercedes in the drive, you know. Do you know what you can do? You can effing. See that tree? <laughs> I swear to God told me to you know yeah. string myself up on it. Uh it wasn't that as polite as, as that. And um you know, you're like, i oh, no, just want to help <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and that's look, that's politics now and do you know it is what it is. Yes, it is um but uh i look uh, I, I do i regret not being elected god yeah like yeah. public service has been a, a big thing for me for a long long time um would I go back to it? Maybe in the future, you yeah. know. Um, I done a lot of kind of board work then in in in, in that period. Um, the National Youth Council of Ireland, uh, okay. kind of Volunteer Ireland, um, different partnership boards, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, great um, choice, right? Yeah, and and again, this is you know, it's just putting the hand up and just saying, yeah, yeah, give it do a do that yeah. and and try and help where you can and whatnot. Um, and I suppose then kind of after local elections, uh, I didn't have a job, do you know, okay. and. Uh, a friend of mine uh, had a new startup I, I was pretty good at getting people to myself in the papers you okay. know, uh, <laughs> different things and uh, I kind of taught myself that um, uh, you know through the community stuff and uh, the I would just say the first job I got was with a, a startup yeah an Australian startup and um, you know learned an awful lot from that um also learned an awful lot about throwing in the deep end commercially. You okay. know, it was a very small yeah. team. Uh, you know, one of the guys was, was, was away. The 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 other person was out sick for, for a period, um and it was basically me uh yeah. running the show uh for a couple of months, you know, making sure the money was coming in, making sure kind of partnerships were being agreed and, and all that kind of stuff. Did I know what I was doing? Absolutely not, right? right? Does just pull br- you out. <laughs> does it bring you back to recruit train, not having a clue what you're doing, and just getting through it? You know, yeah. um, and um, you know that that was a great experience. Um, got a job then um, uh, with a, a large event company um, that. Uh, was very formative in, yeah. in how global operations works okay. uh, and obviously the technology industry then uh, as yeah. a whole. Uh, that was that was just fantastic experience. I was working in Hong Kong, in Portugal, obviously in Dublin. I was working with, yeah. you know, government ministers and, you know, all sorts of, you know, great uh, like celebrities, you know, I really? had, had, uh, had lunch with a cyclist. Uh, actually, it's a funny story that, that, Uh, <laughs> uh we, we were outside in the kind of the the VIP, well it's not VIP, it was like the, the, the speaker lounge or whatever you yeah. know and there was um, uh, like where you kind of have your lunch and whatnot. and I'm sitting there just minding my own business and this fellow comes Great. out all dressed in white I thought he was a chef, right, <laughs> okay. and uh, he, I was like oh you're on your break grab a seat there you know, nice to see you, you know, he sits down and I was like what do you do yourself, uh, he asked me what, what do I do and I, was like, I work for the event whatever and uh, I was like oh you're, you're you're just out from the kitchen are you? <laughs> oh yeah just getting a bit of lunch, I was like ah, oh, very good um, and uh, he goes, oh, do you know what time such and such is happening at? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and they oh, go, you have to, have to go to the stage at, at, at that time. I was like, oh, right, you're, you're speaking, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, right, um, what, what are you speaking on? Um, oh, like yeah, sport performance, you know, kind of mentality, that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, very good. Um, and I was kind of looking at him, I was like, he does look familiar and <laughs> it was Chris Froome, you know, the Tour de France cyclist. Okay, yeah, right? and uh, y- you know, like I t- he, was, he was like literally like ten time Tour de France winner or something. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're Chris Froome, aren't you? He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was going on holidays to Brazil and um, with with the family after the conference right. and that. And I was like, oh, that'll be grand. He get a bit of a break, yeah. you know, kind of rest the legs. On and off, we cycle, you know, we kind of cycle the, you know, um, every. Uh, um, you know, every day, you know, yeah. and I was like, what are you going on holidays for?" Sports <laughs> <laughs> like, performance, you know, yeah. But uh, like, that was a great experience, you know, and you just kind of meet meet people as you go, and um, uh, so from that, then again, you know, you left the army. You're right, yeah. <laughs> big decision, big part of your identity. You do politics, you lose, big yeah. part of your identity. <laughs> uh, you know, you kind of go into all of these things. And I was like, you know, what, what's one more shot? Um, yeah. And I, I, d- I decided I'd set up uh, uh, my own business then at that stage, right. um, which, you know, obviously what I was doing for, for the event company was, was public relations and yeah. promoting the event and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I was like, you know what? I can probably do this for myself, yeah. you know, and, and set up a uh, clear story. and. Yeah. You know,
0: kind of, that's where we're yeah. at. How, how did you got, like, did you already have some clients on board before you decided to start Clear Story? Yeah. Did you have, like, some good cool connections?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, f- funny enough, I, I had one client before. Okay. I des- and, and, you know, similar to yourself, um, you know, I, I, I tried uh, a, a, another agency before. We're kind of, you know, a yeah. business partner. It didn't quite work. We were very Irish-focused and whatnot. So I said, you know, look, I'm, I'm going to create a new brand, see how this goes. And um, I took um, a friend of mine had a had a, a another conference happening in in Dublin. Okay. He gave me a free stand. Oh, brilliant! And I got my first client from that, which was like a grand a month. Do you know? Yeah, perfect. And I was like, oh, happy days! And um, I handed in my notice then. So like, yeah, you know, like in my mind, I was kind of saying like five hundred quid in savings. So like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I took that. I took my last paycheck. And that was going to be the plan, you know. Grand a month, like yeah. give myself three or four months. We can get another one or two clients, and it'll be all right. Be all right. And um, I remember I went out to the the last conference then in uh, in Hong Kong, and I, like I'd been there for two years. I kind of built up a few few pals. Yeah, and uh, I was just saying goodbye to to people in the last day, kind yeah. of last hour and uh, just saying goodbye to a couple of journalists and stuff. And uh, one of them said, oh, uh, we hear you're leaving. I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, Can I introduce it to somebody? So yeah. Introduced me to a, a Thai businessman um, who's a very good friend now. Oh, um, nice. And uh, he had a tech conference happening in Bangkok. Oh, OK. And he's like, we hear you're leaving. You know, Can you help us with, with this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. And that became my second client, right? And then um, uh, like half an hour later, saying goodbye to somebody else. And she had a, a business network for female entrepreneurs in Singapore. Okay. And they, she became a third client, do really? you know. So I was I was already kind of, yeah, make happy, edged, it, yeah. you know, and uh, like once you have ground at your feet, then, you know, you can kind of pay yourself yeah. Um, you, you you have a little bit more room then to think about kind of what's going to happen next. And, and you start kind of planning and, and fleshing things out. And, you know, the journey over the last six years has been like incredible. I've really, really enjoyed it. You know, yeah. great, great, great adventures.
0: Yeah. Did That's you start fun. that on your own? Or did start you ha- off my did, own. When yeah. did you when did you decide to kind of hire your first? Yeah. Staff so member?
1: so I started off. I, I left the job on the 30th of July yeah. um, and I hired my first person in March. So mm-hmm. seven months later, OK, yeah. Um, I had an office in um, in Harold's Cross for a small a little period. um, And like there, there was a guy next door who was like a therapist. I kind of okay. love him because I'd be Ball on the walls, out of it. You yeah. know, he was having a bad day, <laughs> and he came into me one day, and he was like, "Do you mind, like, just like." It'll calm it down a bit <laughs> losing clients here yeah. you know uh, but uh, there was another guy then across the ru- across the way and uh you know we, we started off together and his company is doing brilliantly now do you know like yeah. huge company now and uh, it's just great to see you know yeah definitely
0: and how did you when you're making your first hire okay how yeah. did you make sure that that was the right person for you and are they still with you today they are yeah, yeah
1: yeah and uh, she and uh, she okay is, sorry uh, uh, is uh, our, our senior director um, and a, a, a force of nature and tour de force, you know, so yeah. she, she's fantastic. Um, and uh, she like, I suppose it's a big thing. Your first employee because yeah, definitely is. Yeah. yeah, you have to depend on them, but they also have to depend on you, mm. you know, so there's a mutual trust element there and you're bringing them on the journey. And, uh, you know, it comes back to self-trust, uh, especially when you're building any business. Um, and as a subsequent back to the army again right yeah. um, you have to trust that you have it in you to get to point A yeah. right uh, and then on to point B and point C and, and um, as part of that then you have to make sure that you know you're motivating people as part of that that they trust you yeah. and that any promises that are made are delivered and, and, and so forth and so on um, and again would they have had those insights if I had gone into the army Probably not. Do you yeah. know? And and, and um, would any of it have been possible? I don't know. Um, but, you know, like the team, we're a team of 14 now, um, and, you know, I, I try to relay the values that I learned when I was 18, 19 yeah. um, into that team as we go, um, yeah. that as a, as, a, as a unit, as a company, we're yeah. all together. We look after each other, that if somebody's sick, we cover for them. Yeah. Um and as a result, if you if, if if you know, if you become sick and they cover for you, you know. Um and vice versa. Um and you know, that cohesiveness brings performance and it brings trust. You know, yeah. we're we're totally flexible remote work, right? Yeah. I trust them all implicitly. Okay. You know? Um and obviously some people flake or something happens personally, yeah. we try and do our best to to you know exactly well, obviously, you're not, if you're flaking, you get a kick in the air, yeah, you know. yeah definitely. <laughs> 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 that's only doing? fair, yeah, 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 that's only fair. Um, but things happen in life, you know, yeah. and and you know, like you can't plan for these things, yeah. um, but it, it matters a great deal to people to know that you know they're uh, uh, they can rely on their teammates a- and you know the leadership to to help them,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, and ClearStory, right? Sorry, you're six years, seven years? Six years now. Yeah, yeah six years. Yeah. Team of 14. Team of 14. Yeah, that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what does ClearStory actually do? Like, what does yeah. it so,
1: do? So we're an international public relations agency for early stage and scaling companies, mostly okay. in technology. So what does that mean? Um, so, y- you know, you've got a new uh, kind of technology or food and drink brand, right? And, like, you know, it can be kind of FinTech, you know, educational technology, A or, you know, clean tech. You know, we work with... the plethora of all kind of technologies yeah. um, and in the early stages you're looking to do a couple of things you're trying to acquire customers you might be looking to acquire investors yeah. um, or generate interest from investors you might be looking to you know um, uh, educate the market on what you guys do or just basically make you know whatever markets that you're looking to get into um, just you know kind of per- establish a presence there yeah uh, and we would do what you would call reputation building okay so we take something that is unknown Yep. And we get it known in the market. Um, and we do that pretty much around the world. So we've got clients in Thailand, in Singapore, Switzerland, Mongolia, you know, um, Kuwait, um, US, Canada, you know, Ireland, obviously, the UK, pretty much all over the world. Um, yep. And we solve complex problems right. uh, reputationally. And obviously from a reputation building perspective, um, I've got many a story, you know, obviously. Yeah. I can't tell you under yeah, NDA. Can interrupt there? We're just uh, five minute warning there, like, Oh, Great, okay. no worries at all. Nice, um, and uh, yeah, so um, that's at the core of of what we do. Um, we build reputations, um, and we we do it well. Oh,
0: and then Everhaze then is a new yeah, venture,
1: yeah. So or? yeah, yeah. So so Everhaze is a problem. That are, is, is is a company that emerged from a problem when, when I started Clear Story which was not being able to find kind of one tool for like agency management, so like yeah. your media database, your media monitor, your content management, your, your kind of tracking, your email sending, all that kind of stuff you're t- using different suppliers for all of that it's very messy from a workflow perspective. Yeah. It's very messy from a capacity planning perspective from a, you know, especially if you're like flexible remote work or anything like that, um, it, it's, it's a nightmare, there's folders everywhere. Like the life of an agency owner and people who work in agency is chaos.
0: Yeah, definitely. And
1: Everhaze is a, is a SaaS tool basically to consolidate all of that, okay. to improve workflows, to you know, capacity planning, you know, like media list management, the whole lot in one platform. And now we're integrating all the latest AI into it, obviously, to kind of help, you know, kind of get rid of some of the more... Menial aspects of it, but um, that's effectively what it is. To
0: yeah. you know, yeah, AI has definitely changed the game for like uh, I suppose startups. I suppose um, yeah. and they probably it's 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 gone pretty quickly. Yeah,
1: like there, you would have seen the the story of the Irish Times publishing you know, the, the AI-generated yeah, yeah. kind of uh, the article. Um, the, on the AI detector. You know, I, I had a, an interesting call with, with um, kind of head editor of Forbes only a couple of months ago. We were kind of uh, yeah. like we pitched them Everhaze and we were kind of talking about it and, um, you know, it's very fluid. Yeah. And nobody really knows what's going to happen. If you took it in its literal sense, in terms of our industry, yeah. you could be somebody who goes to your AI, write me a press release about client A and the the announcement. And if and when the AI gets good enough, um, you can train that AI on your style of writing. Yeah, you know, and how you form kind of press releases and all the rest Yeah, of it. it'll take that. It'll, um, you know, you'll issue that to a, a news organization. Yeah. An AI might be on the receiving end of that. Okay. It might take that story, it might rejig it, and it'll publish it on the website.
0: Okay. Jeez. Right? Yeah.
1: The issue with all of that, of course, is, you know, first of all, the Irish Times have been yeah. caught. Like, like you don't know it's real. So disinformation is huge, right? Yeah. The risk of disinformation. Because you don't know the actor on the on the the other side, right? Yeah. Um so that's the first thing. The Second thing is Um, you know, communication of nuance and significance is not something AI can do well, you know. Um, It can maybe, you know, take a story like that and it'll publish it, but it could do it at the absolute worst time. Do you know yeah. uh, in terms of what might be happening in the news cycle you know and there's all that kind of stuff yep. um, and like there's, there's a million other considerations um, reputationally like uh, defamation and you know a whole host of other things you know so yep. we are flagging AI as like a content assist Yeah, yeah, don't just you can't rely on it you can't totally. rely on it at, like moment, I mean. at the moment Well the moment like GPT-4 is pretty pretty powerful you yep. know in terms of its kind of um, uh, abilities but again there there's still major issues with it yeah um, and it's all very much early days and you know we're kind of consulting widely with agency owners journalists um you know industry bodies as well yeah to just keep an eye on the debate it's not so like everyone jumped on it and yeah. including ourselves launching the capability yeah but now you got to build the brakes yeah you definitely. know and even though it's like the core of the technology isn't you know uh, uh, us, yeah. it's open AI, right? And, and that's where most of this AI is coming from, other kind of larger providers, you know, okay. conglomerates. Um, you do still have a responsibility yeah. to, to, to taper it so that it's not doing harm, yeah. you
0: Great know? You. Grant. Oh. Yeah. Glad to hear things are going well. Yeah. And look, just last question, yeah. then: the the military as a whole then, would you recommend that as a career for someone um, I, in the early stages? I, I, I would.
1: I, I, I especially think, you know, today, you know, the army can build conditioning. Yeah. You know, for a lifetime, yeah, that CV life just I don't think brings, you know. Um, it's a very unique experience. I'd recommend, you know, the army as a career to anybody. Yeah, I had a really positive experience. I don't know, kind of, there was frustrations there. Yeah, it's all part of the kind of the the, the, the ups and downs, but yeah, I loved it. It's, yeah. it. it's definitely done me a world of good.
0: Yeah, really quick, then. Um, th- what do you think the benefits of an organization? what do you think, sorry, the benefits of hiring ex-military personnel for organisations? So Um,
1: so, uh, work ethic uh, is huge. Uh, I think you get that. Um, Values. Values are ingrained, you know, like into the soul uh, with with army personnel. Um, Adaptability, uh, ability to learn and develop quickly. Uh, Leadership. Um, there's just a whole plethora of soft and hard skills that somebody with an army background can bring that you won't find in any other career line. Yeah, brilliant. Look,
0: that that wraps it up. Yeah. Thanks, James. Very very much, well, much, much appreciated. Appreciate
1: yeah. yeah, thanks, very okay. much.